Hello, my name is Scott Perry. I'm a professional magician. Hey, hey I'm Gareth Aiken or Gareth Aiken. I'm a professional, professional videographer, photographer, and basically content creator. And this is the Clan Cam podcast. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> So what are we talking about today, guys? Today we are going to talk about a personal experience of starting a small business. Mm -hmm. Something which I have done plenty of. Yeah. But before we get into that, what are your experiences of working with or running small businesses? In terms of working with small businesses, I suppose I do a lot. Obviously, I've done a lot with you. Mm -hmm. And people around here, West Yorkshire, up in the north, a couple of small businesses from where I'm from down in Leicester. So it's more working within that environment than running the environment or starting mm -hmm. the environment up, more than being the person that's heads on the block, so mm -hmm. to speak. I think you're being a little bit unfair on yourself. <laughs> you do have, is it gazdaking.com? No, garethdaking. Garethdaking.com. You do have that. You do have a presence, but uh, you, you, you do work independently on projects yeah. and you are hired out as Gareth Dakin. That's true. So I, I think that although you don't own and haven't launched a small business yourself, yeah. you do work very closely with small businesses. My point here of asking you about your experience with small businesses, even though you haven't officially set up a small business, mm. is... For the viewers, basically, to let them know that this, your comments, your questions are coming from a credible experience. So, so that's a super good point. And actually, we can go into this a little bit, actually. With the, the way that I see a small business is it probably a safety thing. In terms of I've always worked in, I mean, years ago I used to work on site and I was a self-employed person then. Uh, I suppose, yeah, I mean, that's still experience, that's still self-employed experience. But in this industry that I'm working now, I've always had that safety net of a monthly wage. Mm -hmm. So I suppose when I look at, people say, oh, I run a small business, I run my own business, it's really that safety net that they have to create for themselves. Mm -hmm. I suppose that's where I differentiate a small business and not a small business. But, into your point, you're completely right. Yeah, I've got a brand, I've got a presence, I've got a website, and I do things for people within small businesses. I suppose I'm just in a really lucky position where I get paid a monthly wage at the minute. Yeah, exactly. I, I just wanted to basically acknowledge that. Yeah, yeah uh, Because that also kind of feeds into the, the almost stereotype of if you have another job, you're not really experienced or, or you cannot really say or give your opinion on self-employed people because you have a job uh, as well as that that whether it's creative or another kind of um, side hustle if you will mm. then I think that a lot of people maybe discount your opinion but I think it's really valid because you do have so much experience with small businesses with self-employed people uh, and I, I think that I mean this is the reason for for this being the first episode of the, the Clan Cam podcast, because we feel that we have some kind of experience or some kind of story or something to offer people from our experience. And that's that's why I wanted to ask you the question to begin with, 
about what your experience with small business is because I wanted the viewers to understand that uh, you, while you do have a job, you do also have a lot of experience with being self-employed and with self-employed people and small businesses. Yeah, basically. that's a really good point. And I think you're right in the, I'm touching on that point in that, yeah, I suppose, I don't know if there's like a stigma with it, but it, it definitely, I know that I feel sometimes like, almost like an imposter syndrome thing. You know, mm. oh, I don't, oh, yeah, I know, you know, I don't own a small business because well, I, I still get paid every month. Imposter syndrome. And that's it, I think, well, that's just the thing about imposter syndrome. It comes from all angles, doesn't it? It could mm. be to do with your skill set, it could be to do with whether you're owning a small business or not, it, you know, to walk in. I've walked into networking events and rooms before full of people with business owners and thought, do I, can I say that I've done a bit of free work for people before <laughs> and that's my brand or, you know, but I suppose, actually moving up here, it's a lot different, but yeah, I mean, there's definitely something there where you kind sure. of, for, I know I do anyway, kind of feel a bit of a fraud in that I, you know, have a small business even though I know that I'm getting a monthly wage and quite yeah. often I think that, that that stigma that you talk about comes from comparisons uh, with oh. other people yeah. and quite often uh, especially these days where everyone can be an expert <laughs> uh, and, and I don't I don't mean that in the sense that that there are a lot of people saying they're experts when they're not mm. I mean that in a way that there are a lot of genuinely um, very experienced people who are experts in the industry but aren't necessarily public figures or don't necessarily make six-figure salaries yeah. and they do have very valid opinions so I, I think it's I think it's really important to, to point that out and that's what we're talking about today myself I've been a self-employed magician for about 10 years now uh, I have a couple of other ideas for, for creating small businesses as well, uh, completely unrelated to magic, but nothing that's nothing that I've felt comfortable with launching an actual business for it yet, just dipping my toe in the water of other entrepreneurial ideas. But uh, 10 years of running a small business, uh, working nationwide, working a few times abroad, very high profile clients, royalty, some celebrities, a uh, lot of quite wealthy people, wealthy clients holding uh, private events. So that's my experience in terms of running a small business and, and now you have Gaz's experience of, of that as well. So what do you think we should start on for the first point of, well, I mean, we've kind of covered the whole stigma of people who feel like they might not be genuine small business owners, but, but I don't want to. I don't want to stick on that topic too long because I think it's important that if you're watching this and thinking or listening to this, wherever you're consuming this podcast, I think it's important that you shouldn't maybe compare yourselves to anyone. Not just not just the best of the best, but also anyone because no one's doing what you're doing mm. with your vision, with your ideas. No one's inside your head. So I think it's really important to get rid of that stigma from the very beginning and say that. Yes, there are some people who are more experienced with running a small business, but I think that also it's it's not a good idea whether you're early on in starting a business or pre-startup or you're decades into running small businesses. I think it's a bad idea to make comparisons with other people because you're not in the same race. The boys over at the Creative Rebels podcast, they always say, don't compare your chapter one to somebody else's chapter 10. Mm -hmm. 
um, which is easy to do, we all do it, <clears throat> um, we will all compare ourselves at some point to that mm. person on Instagram or that person who's doing the great advert around uh, uh, shopping malls. Like you're going to compare yourself, I'm talking about my experience with photography and videography, it's quite easy to think I'm never going to get to that level. Yeah. And although I never really thought that about a small business or running a business, yeah, I think that very much falls into that category of I'm never going to get to that level. How am I ever going to get to that level? And then ultimately you'll just stop. You'll never get there anyway because you'll just convince yourself that you'll never be as good as them. But they might be 10 years down the line, five years down the line, even two years down the line. You can't run yourself against... And like you've just made a point of, you can't... You're you, and that's it. No one can be you and you can't be anybody else. Yeah. So you just have to keep going. What I would like to touch on in the your like introduction there was that you know you've performed for royalty celebrity joe blog's wedding down the road did you then ever consider that you were more than a small business if you're in front of royalty you know does what did it ever cross your mind that you was a bigger business oh actually i'm in front of royalty now i'm 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 up here, I'm this echelon. Or have you always considered your small business a small business? And how do you define that as a small business? Is it turnover? Mm -hmm. Is it popularity? Is it uh, performing for royalty? Like, how, When would you describe yourself as a, a medium business? Yeah, I think that's a really interesting point because especially in the world of entertainment, uh, particularly with magicians, but not exclusive to magicians, a lot of people do have a exaggerated, uh, exaggerated ego. So a lot of people do when, when, and if and when they receive the opportunity to work with A-list celebrities, for example, they start to feel, you know, like Billy Big Bollocks. Right? <laughs> they start to feel more important than they really are, mm. and that comes down to a few different things. So my understanding and my interpretation of a small business would be that business is structured. And when you set up as a self-employed person, which is what I am, that is a small business. And you, you have myself as a one-person business is classified as a micro-business. And then you have different levels of turnover. You have different levels of how many people you employ, which tells you in terms of the government and HMRC how big your business is and whether you can say you're, a, you're an SME, which for those of you who, who don't know is a small to medium enterprise, which is covered in a certain bracket of employees, of turnover, of, of certain responsibilities. So my explanation of a small business would be even if you're traveling the world earning a lot of money doing really great things working on really interesting products with with really interesting people celebrities royalty whatever it is there is nothing wrong with saying that you're a small business because i still am 10 years on from starting the business i am still a small business and as a magician probably always will be unless i grew into some celebrity magician who's creating tv shows then it would change but definitely still a small business for that reason business is is just 
business is a capsule created by by the government, by people, by educational systems to reach to quantify certain results. Mm-hmm. So it fits you into certain categories, and I don't think that a person's experience should necessarily feed into what they feel like they are because if they feel that they're a big entity but they're actually a small business but they're telling people I run this international business it kind of starts to become this um, fake it till you make it thing which isn't always a healthy thing so for me I'm still a small business I'm a one-person business probably always will be unless uh, unless I started creating like mega TV shows that were broadcast nationally or internationally does that mean then that say you um, you was I don't like post COVID nineteen and stuff you would end up <clears throat> say for instance you was in a position where you probably hire someone to look after your social media mm-hmm. you might hire someone to uh, look after your bookings or takings and stuff like that you know maybe admin side of things so you can concentrate on the art more would you still then classify yourself as a small business say if you had five or six employees. Of course, because they wouldn't be employees, which again comes down to the whole system. There's a very big difference between outsourcing to someone and having an employee and having a payroll system and and all of that kind of thing. So So you'll never have that. So I have an accountant. Yeah. I don't have a PA, but it's very it's very normal and common for a lot of successful magicians to have a PA to just manage their day to day things that that a PA generally takes care of. But they're not employees, and I, and I think that's that's a really important differentiator, and for for someone not to think that they're too big, and and kind of present themselves as this thing that they're bigger than they are, because ultimately, uh, I'm just a guy who has a talent that X amount of people see value in, and they pay for me to come and make memories. Depending on which occasion it is, you know, a wedding is is more entertainment based. At private dinner parties, it's more about creating something special and a long lasting, meaningful memory. So it, it varies on what I'm hired for, but I am still a small business unless I went down the route of becoming a limited company, hired staff. You know, there's there's certain structures to how you can classify yourself, and I think classifying yourself wrongly. And presenting yourself as something you're not can lead to a dangerous path. Leading on from that then, we've got small businesses. They're classified mainly by HMRC um, and the way that they segregate you into uh, what's like a sole trader, you know, and then yeah, the categories. you go through the yeah. limited company and stuff. So that, that's really So how can society then, uh, especially nowadays, how are we going to benefit from having small businesses? What's the benefit of being a small business and how will the rest of society, you know? I think that the, the ways that small businesses benefit society uh, is far and wide. Whatever it is, whether you're hiring someone who's, who's skilled like me delivering service or like you said, your local butcher, when you shop like that with an independent business, what you're doing is directly giving back into your local economy, as opposed to feeding a larger entity which perhaps doesn't care for your your local interests or the interests of even your country 
are not really their prerogative. Let's take, say, Amazon for an example. Uh, I didn't want to mention any, <laughs> any names, but right, it's, 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 a, it's a, one of the biggest yeah. I mean, marketplaces. Look, look, I think you're completely right. You, and we all know that when, if you buy from your local shop, your local uh, greengrocers, or you utilise uh, the local magician that, that can that can sort your event out, you know that you're helping them massively. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you are. You're directly helping them. But then we're always going to go to Amazon because they do things on scale. Mm-hmm. So I, th- I think you're you're completely right. I know when I buy things off Amazon, I'm like, uh, can I go somewhere else? Oh, it's going to be here by tonight. You know, so it's like... But there's nothing bad about buying from Amazon. I, I, I just think that when we're talking about how, a, how running a small business or starting a small business is benefits your local economy or community or, or, or your area that you provide services to... I think what we're talking about is that the cost might be slightly higher and it might be slightly less convenient for, for the customer. Mm. But what they're doing is feeding back directly into their local economy, mm. which can only be a good thing. Uh, so that that's kind of in terms of how it benefits the, the immediate area around you. That's how it benefits. If people hire me in the area that I live in, I spend that money in the area that I live in, That's and true, that yeah. that area, you know, I it's it's about being being mindful as well. Mm. Like I say, there's nothing wrong with making a purchase from Amazon. Amazon is a, is an amazing company. They they really fulfil a, a lot of requirements that quite often other companies can't. Mm. But on the flip side of that, we probably should. Yes, they're amazing at some things, but but what I'm saying is, well, we should just make we should make mindful. Purchases, choices, yeah, yeah. Um, and rather than just saying, "Oh, it's cheaper on Amazon," mm-hmm. maybe think twice and think maybe that that extra ninety nine p at your local shop deserves it more because what a sad world it will be if in ten years, fifty years, everything's a global entity and you know every single independent seller has to go through a platform like Amazon, yeah, and they don't exist individually anymore. And I think that's it. That's the point. It's it, what a sad place the world will be mm. without small businesses, without you know your local shops or your people setting up agencies and creative agencies and stuff in and around your city centre. It will be a super sad place if we all have to, you know, go into this big capitalist machine. But I do think that it's very, especially up here, it needs where mm. where we've experienced it more. It's it moves away from big corporates uh, yeah for sure that's beneficial for the sea center in itself yeah for instance the Kirkgate market in leeds yes is yeah, amazing yeah, yeah, for yeah. really really well maintained full of independent uh, independent sellers and of different did, kinds they did a great thing during uh, i don't know if they're still doing it like every other every other saturday or there's you just turn you order your food and you'd have like so takeaway food like the right. burgers did it and like, you know just opened up turned up picked it up left Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was great. And how sad it would be to see, to see that areas like that not existing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or or even a, even a warehouse yeah. where kind of everything was was almost like a like an Amazon warehouse dropship place, and you just picked up your your parcel. Yeah, like you know, it, savers, yeah. yeah, I don't know. Just just I I think that it would remove a lot of 
human aspects and personality of day-to-day -day life and make it a, a lot more machine-like mm. and a lot more conveyor belt-like. So, so that's in terms of helping your local community when, when both serving as a small business and purchasing from a small business. That's, mm. I think that's how it does it. That's, when you choose to do that, that's what you're contributing to. Yeah. Before we have a quick break and talk about a point of interest, just mm. some random point of interest, uh, there's one other thing that I wanted to talk about in terms of that point of how, it, how running a small business or purchasing from a small business uh, benefits your local community, local area. It depends entirely, and this goes back to the whole business plan thing of starting a small business, things mm -hmm. to consider. It goes back to what do you want from the business? <laughs> yeah. If you want to grow a small business from a local marketplace into a bigger entity like Amazon, then at some point you're going to have to trade morals for money. Mm. And this often isn't the case with, with small businesses. Often small businesses are driven by passion and morals and integrity. Whereas the larger the business gets, the more legal and the more structured and the more robotic the whole system becomes. Mm -hmm. And it becomes separated by departments as well that don't communicate with each other. They're all kind of working independently, not as a cohesive unit. Mm -hmm. uh, so that is something that once you start looking into running a business, starting a business, and then also throughout years of, of working with businesses, I think that's something really interesting that you start to see. The fact that there, at some point in growing a business, there has to be a shift in morals because if you have morals and you have uh, feelings like a human being, <laughs> it's difficult to, to fire people. It's difficult to let people down. It's difficult to make certain decisions. And ultimately, you have to separate yourself and say, look, this is, this is business and this is my life. And there's a very big difference. And I think that quite often those two things with small businesses are intertwined. And that's mm. why they survive, because the, the owners are so passionate about them. Yeah, I think you're right up to a level. I mean, there are complete dicks of people running small businesses as well. Yeah. Of course, you have the, the rogue traders and the people mm. who will, will always probably be dishonest. But there's, there's that percentage in every, everything, whether it's business or, or running clubs or charities, there's always a percentage that won't be completely honest. There's always a percentage that will try to do bad things or try to um, lie or try to cheat the system in some way. It always happens in, in everything. It's, it's kind of a human aspect, unfortunately. We don't live in a utopia where people are just kind and generous and, and, and transparent all of the time. And I think... Um... Which kind of adds to it as well, before you go on, I, I think that that's what makes the game of business fun, that you have to find your place and differentiate. Yeah. differentiate yourself and sometimes the way you differentiate yourself is is purely based on the way you run your business the morals and how that makes your customers feel and i think it's worth to point out as well you're allowed to make a mistake you're allowed to cock it up i mean you know the best businesses uh, i mean this term fail is not really a this negative connotation but true fail is fail you've got to fail you have to fail you have to make the mistake you have to fuck it up a bit mm -hmm. if you fuck it up time and time again then fair enough that's your fault but you've got to be allowed to make a mistake to get to the point where you want to get to yeah and ultimately that comes from like what you said what do you want 
Mm-hmm. What do you want? Because when you make that mistake and the shit is the fan, uh, do you want it enough? Does the grip there to to get over that mistake and move forward? Yeah, for sure. And I suppose in that sense, then what's the what's the one thing that Scott Perry would tell his, or what would you tell the Scott Perry that was starting? eight years ago, nine years ago, that was a year or two years in, where the mistakes were made, yeah. whatever they were, what's the one main thing that you would say to that, that Scott Perry now? Take it slow. So <laughs> slow and steady wins the race, uh, as the old, old saying goes. Uh, and I, I think that Cliché, but super true. True in a lot of situations. And I, I know a lot of businesses now in, well, so I say now, now we have the global pandemic and, and a lot of businesses are being hit by that. But I'm referring to just before all of this, mm-hmm. where, where businesses were very profitable, people were doing well, and there, there wasn't, you know, a global pandemic that was, that was causing a, a big impact on, on businesses. But what I'm referring to is that I know a lot of businesses who are starting to scale backwards because they, they'd, they'd grown larger and more successful than they thought they would in the time frame that they've been been running the business and it wasn't the best thing for the business they lost their way they lost their passion they lost something by growing too fast and also by you know that that whole outdated mindset of you have to grow as fast as you can and become bigger and bigger and bigger and better that bigger isn't always better uh, and I think that is the one piece of advice that I would give myself. Start small, go slow. There's, so my, my business mentor always used to say, uh, slowly, slowly, uh, slowly, slowly, catchy monkey. <laughs> and I, I, don't, I don't know where he got that from. I don't know if that's a common thing, but, but <laughs> he always used to say that. Uh, or it was, it was something similar to that, softly, softly catchy monkey and just the point the point is don't rush because quite often you'll, you'll find yourself getting burnt out yeah and obviously that is a i've felt that myself i think i in any walk of life you can burn out but i suppose it's the kind of and it goes back to this comparison thing as well in that you are trying to like i suppose in video you see someone doing something and you want to be able to do that mm-hmm. tomorrow. Uh, what you don't consider is that they've taken six years, seven years to do it. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's uh, spot on and something that I hear quite often as well. Yeah, I think that before we move on to the random point of interest mm-hmm. and before we kind of wrap up and conclude this, this episode, this inaugural episode... <laughs> yeah. Uh, I just want to I just want to mention one point, which basically is that there was a point. So I've been running the business since twenty twelve, and about halfway through, I almost completely gave up. And it wasn't because the business wasn't successful. It wasn't because I was fed up of of providing services. It wasn't for for any reason of losing passion. It was because I saw another magician on television, and he was doing certain magic tricks that just blew my mind and I thought it goes back to something we said at the beginning of of the podcast it goes back to that thing of I thought that I could never ever provide a service 
even close or do magic tricks that were even close to what he was doing and what's the point of me existing when they could go to him mm. no, it's good. however I found out that uh, a lot of what he was performing was fake it was video editing it was, it was fraudulent and, and this is why I mentioned before about the danger of comparison uh, so I, I just wanted to mention that before we start moving on to the to the end portion of this episode in the you know, I, I have felt those struggles and I can speak from experience mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, there have certainly been times where shit has hit the fan. <laughs> that, that happens on a, a regular basis in every business, whether it exactly. be corporate, small business. I think the only difference is in, uh, uh, I suppose it touches on your point you made earlier, the passion and the drive that a small business has to put things right. Mm-hmm. If you was working for a corporate business, you're probably not that fussed. It's not exactly. your money, it's not your time, well it is your time, but you're getting paid for your time and that's it. You it it's also it. a lot more difficult to make changes like that in, in, a, in a multinational company. Yeah. So once you're looking yeah, at having 50, yeah. 100 plus employees, if you look to change something in the business, it takes an enormous amount of resource to do that. Mm. So do you continue running a business that isn't fulfilling the customer. Well, that's a whole new episode. In itself, yeah, it, it? it is. But these, like, these are all of the things that you have to consider when starting a business. Because they'll, if you, if you think about these things early on, mm. they will really make the process much more enjoyable of running a business. I think that's a great point to uh, end that first half of the show on. Yeah, I, I agree. Cool. Enjoyment. This is the point of the show, which uh, I think we're going to make a regular thing. Random point of interest to break up the middle of the show. Something that you've learned, something that you've read, something that you've discovered uh, for this week's episode. Do you want to go? I'm, at the minute, I'm reading uh, a great book by Angela Duckworth called Grit. And it was pointed out to me by one of the guys on Creative Rebels podcast. And I just find it super interesting in the it's almost like the research behind what it takes to be gritty gritty in what sense gritty is in in perseverance of something well this is it like it like what what does it mean to have grit what does it mean to be gritty does it mean that you're going to just persevere Probably not. Does it mean that you're going to be successful at the thing that you're going to be successful? Mm-hmm. Possibly not. The To have grit is a whole combination of different things. And I've not finished the book completely yet. But one thing that really interested me was she makes a point that her daughter once gave up, uh, couldn't get into a box of raisins. And uh, she was mortified that she just gave up. Right. She thought, oh my God, what's what's going to happen now? My daughter's not got any grit. And yeah, I just found it really interesting the way that she included parenting. So is this is this a self-help book or is this kind of a mindset book? No, I think or it's is more of a... a coaching? Uh, no, I don't really think it's any of those things. I think it's more... Uh, Life education? Yeah, I think it's more just academic study. This is, this is what I found. Right. And then with a little bit of... Um, sort of personal, you know, integration and yeah, yeah, I've interviewed these exactly that, yeah. So I think it uh I think you can definitely use it as a self help book. That's absolutely no doubt whatsoever. Um okay. it's not got practical tips of how to be 
more gritty, mm-hmm. but it, it does show you the research that's gone into it and what they found. And yeah, I think it's a real good book to pick up. Have you finished it yet? Not quite. No, I've got about 50, 60 pages yet. And how, how many pages approximately does the book have? About 350. Okay, so, so you're, you're near the end. I'm near the end. So yeah. do you feel, having almost completed the book, do you feel more gritty? Uh, no, but I feel like I know more. You're more um, aware. I'm more, more aware, yeah. Okay. So I, if it came to the point where I'm like, mm, is this one of those times where I need to be more gritty mm-hmm. or do I need to stand up a bit more? And maybe, yeah, I'm definitely more aware. But yeah, I found that a super interesting book. So if anyone's interested... Actually, yeah, we'll, we'll link it. Where can you get it? Is it a, is it a physical book? Is it an e-book? Is it a, is I mean, it... you can get it on all of it. I don't think it's a... Generally it's sold it's everywhere. So, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Well, we'll stick it in the video description details in the in the podcast show notes. Uh, cool. That is this week's Point of Interest, Grit by... Angela Duckworth. There you go. Perfect. Great read, if you, <laughs> if you want to be more gritty. <laughs> Now, returning back to the subject of the podcast, which we'll, we'll now kind of wrap up uh, and conclude and mm. provide our final thoughts on starting a small business, um, kind of generally, broadly, advice we're given. Uh, I, think, I think we've covered a lot of things. Probably one final thing that I would, I would quite like to contribute to it is to be careful of of who you ask advice from mm. because you you in the in the very beginning of the business of, of launching an idea or even exploring an idea before you make it a business you have to kind of gauge feedback mm. and even the big companies do this the mega companies when they're launching a new a new product they'll they'll push it out to, as, a, as a soft launch yeah. and then they'll have the real launch Every, everything works like this in the world but the thing about running a small business and, and, and doing this is it's really bad to ask people for advice when these people who you're asking advice from don't have the knowledge of the industry. Mm. So something that I personally had an issue with was starting a, a, a business in the entertainment industry was that none of my family, friends are in that industry. None of them have any idea how it works. None of them have any experience. None of them even know or have a friend who's in the industry. Mm. So while I valued their input and while I valued their opinions, it was it took me a long time to figure out that I shouldn't take them to heart and I shouldn't take them too seriously because their opinions are based on what they've seen on TV or, or mm. kind of things that aren't reality of the entertainment industry. And they, also they want the best for their son. Exactly. So they have a, a, a partially biased opinion. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's that's on the final portion of this episode. That's the final thoughts that I have on running a small business without getting into kind of the deep mm-hmm. inner workings of it is be careful who you listen to advice from. Some people will give you advice from a bad place. Mm-hmm. Some people will give it from a good place. But whichever place that advice comes from, it might not be relevant because of that person's experience but equally you have to gauge it because some people who have no idea will say something and you go oh my god that was such a great idea Mm -hmm. that was such a great piece of experience even if it wasn't to do with your business or your idea it will be something to do with them but they'll say oh have you thought about this Mm -hmm. 
Well, uh, uh, so I think, just being careful and conscious of where you take advice from. Absolutely. And uh, I think what that boils down to as well is surrounding yourself with the... A client. Right, exactly that. Yeah. So surrounding yourself with the right type of people. They might not necessarily be uh, magicians. They might not necessarily be content creators. They might be in tech or in mental health or you know but if you surround yourself with the people that are going the same place that you're going mm -hmm. the idea of getting to take a clan for example the idea of just getting better creating good content and good work with good people but yeah like the it's that surrounding yourself with those people that are going to get better and all drive toward the same goal they don't have to be from the entertainment industry. Or yeah. I'm never going to be able to give you advice on how you can create content for your shows. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, if you're needing to get something on Instagram on a regular basis, then you're going to come to the likes of me. Or if exactly. you need to create uh, a bit more of an event and a, a bit more of a bigger show, you'd probably go to someone like Owen and Ash at least. Mm -hmm. you know? So surrounding yourself with people that just know is is a real uh, benefit to you as a whole and sometimes i mean what i've learned most feedback's obviously the most important thing ever there's no point getting feedback from the people who are just going to tell you that it's great true like your mom like your dad like your friends again they don't really understand the industry mm -hmm. and that's okay like we're you know, they're not there to understand. They just want what's best for us. They're going to tell us it's good. Uh, or they'll tell us it's bad because they might not want us to venture into that area. But this, this comes down to, like we were saying, with how you evaluate someone's opinion. Yeah, yeah. Yes, you're saying, that, yeah. yes, X is your opinion. And yes, it has X amount of, of validity. And, and everyone is entitled to an opinion of something. But whether you should listen to it and whether you should take it in and work on that piece of advice mm. is, like you say, you should find the right clan for you yeah, yeah, yeah. for the direction that you're going towards. And definitely someone who's going to test you. So someone who's going to um, okay. push you in a way that you don't want to be pushed. I mean, I was obnoxious enough to not really listen to feedback for so long. And it got me nowhere. Mm -hmm. And it's only because I had this almost like little fear of, Oh, I've just worked so hard on that. I've put my ideas into it. If they don't like it, what's going to happen then? And it's not about finding people who don't like it. It's about finding people who go, actually, that there isn't quite right. But yeah. I want this, especially when it comes to video. You know, <sighs> so everyone's got an opinion on it. You know, it's super subjective. But um, yeah, it's those people that you have to sift through the mud sort of thing and exactly. find, find the truffles. You the gold piece of information is the person who goes, well, actually, we don't think that's quite right, but maybe this bit of the video was better. Like, yeah. that looks good, but I, that looks weird. I think a great sentence to, to round that off with would be to, to hear everything, but only listen to some things. Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. In terms of main points to take away mm -hmm. from running a small business and being in hopefully inspired enough to run a small business mm. what would be your three main takeaways so someone who said i'm going to run a small business tell me how to do it 
uh, I would say find a good resource as a foundation. This could be as a incubator hub. Uh, a lot of people are eligible for joining incubators now. It could be finding a business person you trust who you can ask to be your mentor, mm -hmm. or it could be uh, reading a book like How to Build a Brand in 30 Days. Find a resource like that, someone that you can lean on, someone that you can be your crutch until you learn how to walk. Fair enough. Is that is then for the first one? Yeah. Do you, is there any is there any takeaways that you want to give before we we finish uh, this episode off? I think maybe I just bolt on to the, to your point. It's kind of also like yes, there's there's no way that you can just dive into these things. I think from my experience, I have gone about it a little bit differently. In that, the people that I lean on are the people that are already in the situation. Mm -hmm. So if I think to the likes of Butter Crumble or Owen, who's done it before, you, uh, I've never looked into going to a, an incubator or that sort of thing, but only because I don't feel I need to. You, so you I, have your own incubator, you have your own clan around exactly. you, you so have experience with lots of just different Just create your own group of people that you want to respect and learn from. Completely. Source, source, source a clan. Yeah, basically yeah. find find that group of people which can yeah. only happen over time I feel like every single episode is always going to boil down to uh, source the clan because that's oh, the way ultimately or well, maybe that's the future merch <laughs> source <laughs> the clan perfect the clan. okay so um, that's episode one of the our little tryouts I imagine that it was we sound like absolute idiots <laughs> waffling on and the point is just to keep going and keep getting better so episode one done yeah if you if you found this enjoyable insightful yeah. useful in in any way positive or fucking useless from yeah. the start well there's no <laughs> I, was, I was going to say leave us some sort of rating to, to let other people know uh, because we're, we're only going to find out if you actually engage with this if, if we just keep talking into the into you into the universe and not hearing yeah. anything back then we know this is probably not working but uh, I'm excited to, to see what people think of it. And uh, yeah, all the details will be in the, in the show notes, in the video description. Yeah. And that's it, I think. Yeah, perfect. Right. Fist bump. That's how we're going to... COVID-19 fist bump. Is that, is that what we do? Is that the future sign-out? Of, of uh, across sign the kitchen sign table. Fist bump over the kitchen table. Yeah, why we'll not? work on it. <laughs>